his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Good afternoon, WTIC. Joining us now, right now is Michael Leibowitz. Hopefully we've got him on the fancy hookup. Let's hear your voice, Lebo. Speak to me. I'm speaking to you on the All fancy right. hookup. That sounds pretty good. You sound like a radio guy now. Uh, all right, Radio I, Leibowitz. I want to play something for you, get your reaction to it. You ready? Okay, sounds great. All right, listen to, let me just make sure I got everything in the right position here. Listen Can to this. Can we truly be free if a woman cannot make decisions about her own body? Can we truly be free if a doctor cannot care for her patients? Can we truly be free? if families cannot make intimate decisions about the course of their own lives. I thought that was custom made for a Michael Leibowitz rant on freedom. He spent 25 years in prison. Nobody knows liberty like Michael does. What do you think, Mike? The vice president of the United States right there talking about freedom like it's something she cares about. Well, I'm happy that she's finally come out on the side of liberty. So I Isn't would just that great? like to, yeah, I'd like to ask her, are we really free if some people have to pay for other people's health care? Are we really free if some people have to pay for other people to have time off for work? Are we really free if companies ha- are forced to pay a minimum wage to their employees? Are we really free when people are going to prison for substances that they inject into their own bodies? I'd be very interested to get her answer to any one of those questions. Yeah, and it goes on forever. Are we really it could, free yeah. if the government is robbing us blind in order to take those tax dollars and use them to buy votes? Yeah, what kind of clearly, system is that? It's a system of gangster government, Todd. That's what it is. Gangster government. Good phrase there. I like that, Mike. I heard it from a very wise man earlier today. <laughs> All right. So what else did you want to say? I, I interrupted you. No, it's just it's the hypocrisy of these people is just it knows no bounds. I mean, here she is preaching about freedom and talking about the, a woman's right to do this and family's right to do that. Meanwhile, she favors excessive tax rates. Well, not well, any tax rate is excessive, but she goes beyond the pale when it comes to it. I mean, these people are not supporters of liberty by any stretch of the imagination, but yet they like to invoke the name whenever it suits them, whenever it's convenient. It's so funny to me after they were the ones who uh, who were pushing to require that 
people go get vaccinated with an experimental vaccine and they they pretend that didn't happen they're the ones who wanted to shut us down unnecessarily he did shut us down unnecessarily for a virus whose danger was way overestimated by them and then leave those two-week closings going for months yeah my only problem with what you just said todd is you, you had some loaded language there you said uh the experimental vaccine and a, a virus that turned out to not be that serious. But the way that I see it is, let's say that the vaccine was proven to be 100% effective, no doubt about it. I still would be against it being mandated. That's true. But, I, there, I, there, but there were still strong signals that it could be a dangerous or it was at the very least a precarious thing to do. But I, I don't deny your point. Well, my only issue, Todd, with making the point you just did is because that opens the door. Okay, well, what if... Then it shifts the debate. It was. And now you have to make a new argument when the yeah. argument is, it's my body if I want to take My body, COVID, my choice. My body, my choice. Well done. Michael Leibowitz is here. I have something else I want to play for you if you can handle more. Can you handle more? I, I can handle plenty more. All right. This is a fundamental issue. What's this guy's name? It's like uh, Salzburger, <laughs> Hamburger. I believe it's Harry Binswanger. Brett Binswanger. McCall and I always got a kick out of his name. What kind of name is that, Binswanger? I don't think I would have had a career that, that was public. I would, have, I would have become a bookworm or something if that was my last name. I'm sorry. You can hear my dog in the background barking. No, I just realized good. it was that's coming good. from it here. Makes it, makes it sound good. The Sounds of Leibowitz's listen, home. Listen to this for Harvey Bangswanger. The <laughs> proper way to look at the political spectrum is in terms of fundamentals. The fundamental issue is freedom versus slavery. Okay. So the political spectrum divides between one side being statism, which is total government control, no individual freedom, and the other being total individual freedom, government existing only to protect that freedom, never violating that freedom. So the name for that system is capitalism. Which do we want, Leibowitz? Well, we want capitalism, meaning Todd Feinberg and Liberty Leibowitz. The problem is when he talks about that spectrum and he's dead on, are there any parties out of the two main ones that don't come down on the status side of the spectrum? I don't think so. And well, I he, we make, he makes that point. The yeah. Alternative, therefore, is statism versus capitalism. I used to think that you could map left and right onto that, and I thought of capitalism as the extreme right. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's true anymore. I think the right wing has become as status as the left wing. Right. So I, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted him to be able to make the point that you were going to make. So because I because I think it's good to hear it from uh, somebody with a name like Ballswanger or whatever. <laughs> I think you just wanted to steal my thunder, Todd. <laughs> so so what's the uh, expand on that notion? Well, yeah, there, there's a great confusion where a lot of people seem to think that because the Democrats are socialists, that means the Republicans are capitalist. But Republicans as if it's best, black and white. Yes, but in my mind, they're both on the same side of the socialist spectrum. Just the Democrats are a little bit further along, and the Republicans happen to use words like free markets and capitalism and constitutionalism while not really doing anything about it while they're in office. 
it's unfortunate that we don't know this. And, and so this is what I think of our mission to, um, to start a new political party in the state is in order that we can be talking about things that have to do with true liberty and government that protects it and believes in it instead of government that points to what our founding intended and talks about what goes on in our society today as if it represents a direct correlation with what was intended with the start of our country. Yeah, I, I think we need to even go beyond what was intended at the founding of our country. And what I mean by that is I think we really need to have a, a changed paradigm in the way that people are looking at things. And I think that's what you and I are trying to accomplish. Somebody asked me on Twitter, well, again, I've been, I've been asked this a thousand times, well, how would the government be financed if it weren't for taxes, if it weren't compulsory taxation? And Harry Binswanger in that interview actually makes the point about how much, look how much money is donated to charity voluntarily. And that's on top of all the tax rates that we have. So now imagine if we didn't have those taxes and imagine if the government was pruned down to its proper role of just protecting the rights of its citizens, how cheap it would be. And it seems to me rather easy that the government would have enough voluntary contributions to be funded. That's, under that's actually my concern. My concern is that if we switch to a system of voluntary taxation, which, by the way, if you have a reaction to this, we'd love to hear it. Give us a call, 860-522-9842. Shouldn't there be only voluntary taxation? My concern is if we went to a system of voluntary taxation that it would not do enough to curb the amount of money that, that flowed to government, that people are so inclined to be lied to and to believe the lies of government, that they would overfund the government and the government would use that money to do malicious things uh, all over again, just like it's doing right now. That is a concern. But, but before I address that, I, I have a suggestion that perhaps, and it just really occurred to me today, we ought to change the language and stop referring to it as voluntary taxation and instead voluntary contributions. Because oftentimes when you adopt the language of the enemy, the enemy wins simply by virtue of the fact that you're talking like he or she does. Yeah. So I'd like to say voluntary contributions. And I think that you're, you're right. There is that concern because politicians lie and people are susceptible to be convinced by them. But that's why this war that we're in for a free society has to be fought on all fronts. And people have to know what they're funding the government for and what proper principles of liberty are what our rights are. Matter of fact, we need to get back in the business of talking in terms of individual rights and clarify exactly what we mean by rights so we don't get confused with human rights or health care is a right. Because if we discuss what individual rights actually are, we're on sound footing and I think we can win the debates with any of the collectivist status or any yeah, other so, moniker we want to well, give to the big government people. So tell us what you mean by that. What I mean by individual rights starts fundamentally with the idea that we have a right to our own lives. And, and what I mean by that is not that we have a right to somebody else keeping us alive, but we have self-ownership. We have the right to do what we want to do with our own bodies so long as we respect everyone else's right to do the same. Now, encompassed within the right to do whatever I want with my own body, in order to be able to stay alive, I need to be able to sustain myself. I need to be able to work, to earn a living, to feed myself, do various other things as well. So I have to have the right to accumulate as much property as I can and as I deem relevant to my own sustenance. 
And then, of course, there's the right to happiness because if I'm not, I don't have the right well, to happiness. Well, hang on a sec. You're moving through this too quickly. And in each of these, this idea of our body belonging to ourself, what you're saying is that all of the all of the rights that the founders granted us in the Constitution, what they were thinking about was that first, it's our body, ourselves, our lives. And that because at such a fundamental level, we have ownership of our own existence, that that extends to everything. And particularly the, the, uh, what we can generate using our ingenuity and our, our muscle. And that's a really difficult thing to generate. And there's no way you're in a free society if half of what you get, what you earn, as a result of your labors is taken by government so that it can oppress you in in large magnitude off the strength of the money that you uh, are forced to turn over to it uh, that's a pretty horrible system it's not a free system at all when at the point of a gun they're taking your money and that's why these that's why you can make these arguments they're built off of this foundation we're talking to michael Leibowitz. we're riffing off of uh, the idea of small government and, and the basic notions of what are in the U.S. Constitution. And we'd love your reaction. 860-522-9842. Quick break. We'll talk more coming up on WTIC. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good afternoon to you. A beautiful January day. Actually, all this is good because, you know, any snow that falls is way less than we would normally be getting and we normally would have gotten. We're talking to Michael Leibowitz about freedom. I have something else from uh, Binswanger for you to listen to, Mike, okay? Okay. Did I get his name right yet? Binswanger it is. It is? It's Binswanger. I'm so psyched. If there's government control then you're going to be, uh, there's going to be mass murder, there's going to be misery, there's going to be poverty, there's going to be retrogression. And if you have capitalism, you have freedom, benevolence, progress. He makes it sound very black and white. Is it really that black and white? It, it absolutely is that black and white, and we have the whole history of mankind to prove it. Well, let's just look at America, though. We have big government right now, and yes. it costs a lot of money, and we know they waste a lot of money. But let's go back to the particular words he uses to describe the situation and see if it matches up. If there's government control, then you're going to be, uh, there's going to be mass murder. There's going to be misery. There's going to be poverty. There's going to be retrogression. Uh, are we experiencing those things? Well, if you look at the murder rates in our inner cities, I think we certainly are experiencing those things. Now, the challenge is, what is the cause of that? And different people would attribute different, you know, attribute it to different causes. So it's the task of the theoreticians or the thinkers to come up with an explanation that makes sense. And I think that certainly an argument can be made that government control of education has severely hampered the inner cities, that welfare has severely hampered the inner cities. 
that the way that the police police the inner cities has hampered the inner cities. And I, I could probably go on and on if I had a minute or so to think about it. But the point is, is that there's a lot of problems that take place in this country that can be attributed to government. The minimum wage also leads to unemployment for a, a lot of youths, especially those that are poor. So yeah, I, I think he's on. I, I mean, I get the, the reaction to it and people will say, oh, it's harsh language. But I think that many people are viewing it from their middle class existence rather from some of the vantage point of some of the problematic areas in the country. Yeah, so because we have um, because we have affluence, because we have economic success, it makes us feel like we're much more protected from the bad things government does. And, and, and that allows us, you know, that allows them to even run around talking despite how much we pay in taxes already, how much they rob out of the economy that could be generating more wealth and, and make us a much richer country and a richer state. They're still looking to raise taxes all the time. It's mind-boggling. And, and to demonize members of the society who make too much money, in their opinion. It's, it's bizarre. Yeah, well, once the, the power of taxation was ceded to the government, they're always going to find more and more reasons to raise those taxes, to implement new taxes, to come up with new ways to spend those taxes. And that's exactly what we see. And it doesn't show any signs of abating anytime soon. I mean, even the Republicans, the so-called small government crowd. I mean, George Bush came into office and proposed a tax cut on the top level from 39% to 33%. And people talked about it as if that was like the most amount of money ever given back to the rich. Of course, it wasn't given back. They were only letting them keep it, but it was a, a measly tax cut anyways. So no one's really advocating to restore us to anything close to what the founders intended or even further away from what you and I would intend. Could you stop torturing the dog, please? And let's go to Christine in Middletown. Hi, Christine. Hi, hi guys. Um, I'm all for small government. It looks like our two-political parties there too much in the swamp and let's say what's the solution do we have to form a third party and how do we get the message across to our younger generation who's been indoctrinated with communism being cool to get on board with limited government for their freedom well Can I take interesting this one questions yeah go ahead okay so I personally think that a third party is the way to go, but we could always also focus on taking over one of the existing parties. The problem is with taking over an existing party is that you're going to face the entrenched interests of those parties, and that would probably make it more difficult. As far as challenging the, the idea that communism is cool, I think we need to do just that, is challenge the, the idea that communism's cool, that it works, or, or that it's smart. The problem is, is what is anybody actually doing to combat it? What they're saying is, us too, just not as much. So you have to actually combat it with an alternative. The alternative is free market capitalism, not the welfare state, because the welfare state is only going to lead further and further toward that very socialism. So I think we actually have to make the arguments for a free society and not compromise on those issues, not say, okay, well, we'll allow a little bit of Medicare and Social Security. We'll just cut it a little bit or we'll just try to make it more solvent. We need to say unequivocally that those things are evil, they're harmful, and we want to get rid of them. Yeah, I'm down with all that. All right, any other thoughts you want to share with us, Mike? Um, no, I'm just happy that you had me on, and uh, I'm happy that you tolerated my dog barking in the background. <laughs>
What are you doing to that poor animal? He, she just. You know, I you advocate freedom, but you don't seem to provide it to the animals. Well, I had the choice: either let her bark or throw her out in the snow. Which one would you choose? Oh, I would definitely go with the snow. <laughs> if she yeah. if she if she can't uh, adapt to uh, the fact that there's broadcasting going on, then then let her have fun in the snow. Well, maybe I can do that. <laughs> let her run around out there and freeze for a while. Lebo, I like talking freedom with you because you uh, understand so much about what it's like to live without it. I love it, Todd, and hopefully we get some good responses from the audience. Lebo, talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. That is Michael Lebowitz. 860 We're going to do more of this kind of discussion. We, If you've been paying attention, we have been doing a lot of it because we've been having guests on from different uh, liberty-based organizations, small government based organizations, libertarians, uh, objectivists, the Ayn Rand theory. Did anyone ever read The Fountainhead or Atlas Shrugged? Did those ever have impact on you? 860-522-9842. And anarcho-capitalism, which is this, uh, you know, it's kind of a new word to me, too. It's, it's so, uh, I've only recently become acquainted enough with it for it to roll off my tongue. But it, the idea is that we really shouldn't have government because markets are the, the beautiful thing that really is at the root of what a democratic system of politics is all about. That is one where the people are in control. It's at the root of it, markets. And it's at the root of having a free society and and capitalism capitalism is about markets put into practice that is letting the people us decide what will live or die based on where we go and bring our business and our political system is supposed to reflect that it's supposed to be the same thing as a matter of fact and that's what a democratic system is is a market-based system but they've rigged the market-based system so much they've squeezed the life out of it and allowed themselves to control everything and then when you have stuff like public schools which is a anti-democratic system a non-market-based system well then we're really in trouble and that's I think that's part of why we're getting uh, feeling so squeezed and frustrated by our inability to move our system in a better direction it's because we don't have markets controlling the big things that we need markets controlling and that's a real burden it is that's where we are right now i think 860-522-9842 rant line number 860-751-4698 we've got the rants coming up during the five o'clock hour stay with us on wtic his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt Hi-ya! and even after band camp he might not be the greatest musician but with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The more you listen, the more you know. So check back throughout the day. WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah, it's WTIC. It is, what day is this? Monday, of course. It is the beginning of the week. We launch another one. With a little snow around, with a little winter showing, little signs. But really with the big uh, precipitation, the big frozen precipitation, the snow going easy on us once again. It's, it's been a remarkable winter for dodging the bullet and not getting the, uh, the overwhelming amounts of snow that others are. So I'm psyched about that, I have to say. Um, this this thing of um, small government, I think it rests, if we are ever to achieve it, it rests on our willingness to let go of political parties a little bit. Political parties are a trick to get us to root for a bad system by not looking at the system, just looking at the teams. If you imagine how different one of the professional sports leagues would look if you were one of the owners. Imagine yourself owning a, a professional football team, say, and that professional football team uh, it makes you a ton of money because you own it. And you might strive to be a winner, but you might strive to be a winner over on a five-year plan at some point, for example, or a 10-year plan or seven, whatever. You don't expect to win every year. You hope you can be a contender every year. But, you know, you might be able to do that for a few years, be a contender, and then you drop back down and you have to rebuild. So your attitude towards that league is very different. You're looking at the league as a group of friends and or otherwise who also own teams, and you try to manage this thing together so that you can maximize the outcomes based on what the what the shared goals are, the principles that you established when you when you made the league. And you're not sitting around worrying about which team wins as much as you're worried about the long-term well-being of the league because you make fortunes just because you're an owner in the league. And that's a little bit how America works. We have this joint venture, and we have certain principles that this joint venture is supposed to be abiding by. And what they do is they get us out of our ownership role and into the role of being fans, where we're rooting for one of the teams to win, or I'm talking about the Democrats or the Republicans. And if we're rooting for the Democrats or Republicans, then we're missing, I think, the whole point of this is our league. We are supposed to be benefiting from the principles upon which it was based. And we don't get to do that because we are uh, giving up 
our ownership status just to become somebody who's paying 100 bucks to sit in the stands and root for one team or another. So let's let go of it. I mean, we you still have to vote for and root for Republicans on some level because they're better if you want to be invested in the political process. But you have to understand that that's way different from whether you actually like them or not. You can't be falling in love with one party or another because the parties are a blight on the landscape of life. They're a blight on the principles that that our government is supposed to be following. So that's the big challenge. How do we get to that place? How do we get you to a place where you let go a little bit of the political party loyalty or the candidate loyalty and focus more on that we're getting robbed blind by our government. Like that's a permanent situation where we're being robbed blind by our government. I'll say it again, we are being robbed blind by our government, not just of the financial theft that they commit, how they destroy us with the taking of our money, but there's also the issue of the liberty that we don't get and the uh, the political system that we don't have because they're using tax dollars to buy votes. It's, it's so gross, the situation we're living in compared to what was envisioned for us, and we're going along with it, mostly because I think nobody tries to offer us insights into what's actually going on. There's too much money to be made for people in media and people in politics to pretend that this is good, this is normal, that they're trying to help us, when in fact they're just trying to destroy us. They are destroying us. 860-522-9842. Jonathan next. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Todd. Good to, good to be on today. I, just, I wanted to chime in a little bit and talk about, you guys mentioned a couple times over the last few weeks I've been listening in about a third party starting in Connecticut. And I wanted to maybe ask you what your opinion is of the Libertarian Party of Connecticut. I think that what you guys are talking about, kind of some of the same conclusions I came to years ago, you know, maybe eight or ten years ago when I became a libertarian, it, is that the Republicans and the Democrats don't both don't seem to preserve individual rights very well. Uh, when they get in power, they abuse power. They do things that are unconstitutional, that violate our rights, whether it's, you know, passing basically communism on one side or starting, you know, endless wars and, you know, doing yeah. their version of statism on the other. So, you know, I, there's, the Libertarian Party of Connecticut, it, it exists. It's been around for, you know, over 40 years now in Connecticut. Um, there's over 3,000 registered libertarians in the state of Connecticut. And I, I think it really lines up with what you're talking about. I think, like, if you go to lpcg.org and look at the What We Believe section on the Libertarian Party's website or go to their principles page, going to really walk through like some of the exact same things that were you're talking about um, yeah well my problem with it to answer your question is it's been around for 40 years and it's got how many 3,000 members you said yeah in the state well that's just in the state of Connecticut it's around 3,300 yeah, well, that's, voters that's all I'm thinking about you there's 3.6 million people here <laughs> and uh, 3,000 voters over 40 years I just feel like like that's how I feel about the Libertarian Party. It's a bad brand because it's never had any success. So it's kind of worn out. It's the word libertarian. And mm -hmm. nobody knows what it means except to maybe have negative connotations for a lot of people, for most people. 
So I just feel like it's better to start from scratch and provide some simple ideas for people to mobilize around. And if that causes them to go to the libertarians, that's fine. If it causes them to want to take over the Republican Party and turn it into something that it claims to be but it isn't, that would be great. And if it makes people want to uh, hijack the Democrat Party and make it a constitutional party, that would be a good result, too. Or if it leads to the creation of a brand new uh constitutional party that reflects what the constitution called for but maybe goes further because i think what we've proven tell me what you think about this jonathan what we've proven over the past 240 years is that what the founders envisioned hasn't taken place and it's a much harder thing to cause to take place than what they might have conceived and therefore we've got to reconfigure well i've with the Libertarian Party of Connecticut specifically, I think there's a couple issues, and I think they're solvable. You know, I think one of the issues about libertarians in general and people like, you know, I think there's a lot of conservative libertarian types in Connecticut, and they align with different parties, but a lot of them want to be left alone. Like, that's kind of part of the philosophy, you know, is that we, we don't want government or anybody else in our lives and in our you know, day-to-day business. So when it comes to getting people to come out and volunteer or contribute time or money to a cause, you know, it's more the types that you know, aren't really engaging or don't want to be bothered kind of thing. I think the other thing with the Libertarian Party, maybe specifically in Connecticut, I think, well, one thing to consider about the Libertarian Party is that when they run a presidential candidate, they have ballot access in all 50 states. If they don't have it already, they go get it. So they're running candidates nationally. There's a lot of infrastructure. It's, it's not very easy to – it could be easy to start a political party, but they already have a lot of momentum and infrastructure built out. I think that what really comes down to is kind of just piggyback on what we just said is that we need more – good, smart people to get involved that have ideas and passion and interest and areas of expertise. If we could get a lot of more people together on one page with the Libertarian Party, it would make a lot more headway. And we, I don't think we've really seen that happen. It's been more of a maybe on the fringe for a number of the reasons or maybe leadership or messaging has been kind of off or off on like single issues um, that don't resonate with a lot of people. But given the times that we're in now and people's philosophies sort of changing and interest in liberty and being left alone by this ever-increasing government, both state and federally, I think now is really the time for the Libertarian Party to, to see success. And to your point, like when I've done like TC Liberty Rally or Unmasked Our Kids, right, I didn't, it wasn't really politically party-driven. It's like we just want to get people out there interested in these like liberty-minded issues. And if it ends up being they go to the Libertarian Party or go take over the Republican Party, either way, it advances the goals of liberty. But as far as like starting a third, I think it's worth a look to, and see what kind of energy and momentum could be built up by having voices like yours in the Libertarian Party helping to activate it and get, get the messaging out there to really see some new foundation for the party grow here in Connecticut. How did you feel about the kind of contribution you got from the Libertarian Party? I mean, you were, if, if there's been any signs of life over, uh, from the Libertarian Party over the past few years, it seems to be from you. And and uh, I wonder if I haven't noticed anybody else or some little machinery of the Libertarian Party itself jumping up and and uh, joining you. And maybe maybe I'm wrong about that, but it strikes me that it's your effort, not any machinery that's in place. Yeah, well, I think it comes down to motivated individuals that have a vision for something to happen, to take the reins of something and go off and do it, you know, but also you know, there's been help when I needed help and I've had help from the party and, and even more than needing help was just giving me room to run and saying, oh, we're going to 
you know, let Jonathan go go do some stuff, you know, under our banner and go take the reins of a project and run with it. So I think, you know, and I guess being a trusted individual and had been around the party for a while, they, you know, kind of got some autonomy to do that. So, but again, you know, I think that it's just those actions kind of reinvigorated a lot of the base of the Libertarian Party in the state and kind of like, oh, great, someone's actually out there doing something and seeing the Libertarian name out there in some regards. So, you know, there is help around. There are motivated, like, dedicated people that are helping behind the scenes nationally and in the state party. There's been a huge new resurgence with the Mises Caucus taking over leadership, bringing, reestablishing the brand, kind of getting away from the weirdo kind of quote-unquote issues that people like, like, eh, I don't know if we'd like that, and getting back to the core fundamental principles of liberty and the, and the foundation principles of our country as kind of the banner that they're organizing under you know, both statewide and, and nationally. So if more people were to get involved and wanted to actually help contribute and show up and take part, then, you know, it would be the beginning of a bigger movement for liberty. Because, you know, and I think that, you know, even from a, a tactical standpoint, I think there's ways for the libertarian parties to win, to win elections and get elected and make a name for themselves that way and kind of take more of an active role in the political process in the state. But it was just, it's going to take people that want to step up to help to get, it, to get us there. Jonathan, thanks for the call. Good to talk with you. I appreciate it. Thanks. You too. All righty. 860-522-9842. Anybody have uh, an image of the Libertarian Party? Any reaction to what Jonathan is saying? Anybody, even on a national level. You know, Ron Paul pushed libertarianism his whole career. And Rand Paul is libertarian, sort of, in his, his outlooks. And he tries to navigate being a Republican and a, and a Libertarian. But I don't really feel anything going on with the Libertarian Party, uh, either nationally or outside of Jonathan on the state level. So it just doesn't occur to me to have managed to become a solution. I'm not against it in any way, because they are um, my brethren in terms of wanting small government. I just want to get something going that will allow people to understand that this is not what the founders built. This is not what freedom is. Freedom isn't being robbed blind with forced taxation to create agencies that just are power centers for our money to flow and for them to steal it, which is what we have now. 860-522-9842. We'll take a break. Talk more coming up on WTIC. Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good afternoon, 860-522-9842. Rant line number 860-751-4698. Let's talk to Bob in New Britain. Hello, Bob. Hey, Todd. Hello. I was listening to you and Tom on the way home, and I swear by electrolytes. So, um, What caused you body... to swear by them? Well, I, I follow this guy on YouTube. His name is Eric Berg, um, nutritionist-type person. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I saw his demonstration. and where. So if you go on YouTube now, you could look up six different – you don't have to go by him, but you could – the six different demonstrations of electrolytes working our body, our bodies have our cells and our bodies are a plus and a minus. So there's actually electricity in our body, very minute, of course. And when we're depleted electrolytes uh, will 
help restore that. So what I saw with my own Restore eyes, the electricity, oh, is that what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. So I saw this demonstration where he had a head electrician hook up to a, a lamp on the table mm-hmm. uh, with a cord into the wall. And in between the cord and the wall, don't try this at home, and a lamp on the table, he had a container uh, where he was able to put distilled. Distilled water does not have minerals in it. Our mm-hmm. normal tap water has minerals, which has a very slight trace of electricity, electrolytes in them. So he used distilled water in this between the lamp and the wall and this in this container in the center picture this he filled it up with distilled water remember the wires are going through there and nothing's happening with the water he puts in a teaspoon of electrolytes these he sells his powder of course electrolytes really do work and i really noticed a difference for me in my body in my energy my cramps in my legs things like that when i'm not drinking water with electrolytes in it so for so energy really, to move through our body, our body, the cells are synonymous with the water in that experiment. And for them to operate at maximum level, we need that ele- electricity exactly. to flow through the cells. I thought I just said that. Perfectly said, Todd. I love the way you said that. Yeah, very, and, very smooth. And the, uh, <laughs> well, this is good to know because, you know, I'm, I'm drinking the electrolytes because it's yeah. been said that that helps, but I didn't have a vision for why I should be doing it. And that, that makes it very clear. Go to YouTube and put in electrolyte demonstration. You'll, you'll reinforce it. Okay. And you were, were you suffering from some deficiency or you've just seen an improvement? No, I was just, I was just at my work. I'm able to look at YouTube sometimes. And I just, nice job. like, I know it is a nice job, and I can actually work and have YouTube on the background, of course, yeah. uh, without the sound on. And anyway, so I got interested in this person, Eric Berg, and um, anyway, so when I saw the demonstration, I said, "Holy mackerel, this stuff really, no kidding, works." Yeah, it's but you said make... you've you've uh, had muscles that are working better, yeah. not cramping and stuff. Exactly. If I'm not drinking my my uh, water with uh, my electrolytes that I make in the morning, mm-hmm. by the nighttime I go to bed, I will cramp up like where I have to get out of bed and uh, put alcohol on my legs. Um, but now I don't need that. And what do you? Really cool. What's this uh, make? What's this recipe that you have for electrolytes? Oh, it's a it, well, it's a powder. You can get powder, electrolyte powder, just about anywhere in any health food store, any any. Uh, store where you like protein type store mm-hmm. where you can buy protein. But uh, I buy it because I follow this guy on YouTube, um, this nutritionist, Eric Berg, B-E-R-G. Uh, I buy his product online and it lasts me almost two months and a little, like a quarter of a teaspoon in the morning with uh, roughly, I think it's 16 ounces of water. <laughs> I swear by it. I mean, That's I have I swear by it, Todd. Well, you would, you, I mean, you've got cause and effect going, so that's great. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm no spring chicken, so it really works. Yeah, I think you. I think you're exaggerating. I suspect you are a spring chicken. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> you're welcome. Bye bye. Good to talk with you. All right. So electrolytes work, and they do something. And I've got this pink water here. I'm drinking with the powder dissolved, and I'm feeling the electricity flow. Th- well, I always feel the electricity flowing. I do. I feel like I've always got good con- uh, conductivity. Is that the right word? 
Rant line number 860-751-4698. Oh, we've got a fun hour coming up next hour. I can't even tell you about it right now because we have to go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. hi And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.